Welcome to track number six of predestination. To be something. That is the next chapter of what we are doing. Predestined to be something. Amen. Are you listening? Now, when I say predestined to be, there is also predestined to do. You are predestined to become certain things, and you are predestined to do certain things. Now, when we talk about predestined, you know, like when a child is born, sometimes you see the face is squeezed, the head is long. Very strange looking creature. But the child has already got some genes. You know, when you, in the traditional way, they will be pressing the skull and all that. They are trying to form the head. But the format of the head is determined already by the genes. It's not your massaging of the head that is going to sharpen one side or maybe make it a bit smoother. Hot water and other things that they do. Because you are, you are destined, you are predestined to look a certain way. You are predestined to be something. To be like a particular way. To look like something. And you are predestined to do things. So it's very important for you to know what are you, how are you predestined to be like. And stop trying to massage things to be something else. You see, like me, I'm predestined to be in Ghana and from Ghana. Like many of you are predestined, you are not predestined as an American per se. It's true. You may have the citizenship and whatever, but you don't have the accent. Those of you who are black are predestined to be black. So there's nothing you can do that makes you white. You try hard to be white, but you are black. You try hard not to be African, but you are African. So it's it's sometimes sad to see people spending their whole life trying to modify what they are predestined to be. It's true. And it's a struggle to maintain that modification of their predestinations. <laughs> I need a brother who has a lot of hair. These brothers don't have a lot of hair. Who has a lot of hair? I think this brother here has this one, yeah. Stand up, please. Just, 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 just stand up. No, no, just stand right there. Stand right there. Stand right. No, stand by your chair. No problem. Can you turn around so they can see you? And then this way. And then this way. Okay. Very good. Now, all the ladies, their hair was predestined to be just like this. All the ladies. 
Stand, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. All this. All this. Stand up. Stand up. All this hair is all not true. And that is why they are never free. They are always working on it. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. It's somebody's hair. Somebody's hair. Horses' hair. It's not real. So whatever they are predestined. Another one. Stand up. Stand up. But that is why they always have to go to the hairdresser, go and pay because what you are predestined, your hair is a aquile, this is a, your predestination. <laughs> ah, Emma has that uh, hairstyle as well. So you see that as you have to try to change it, it's a constant struggle all the time. You know, you have to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. But if you need to do it, you got to do it. If you don't do it, it's not going to be easy. So... Sit down. So, predestined to be something. Did you tamper with it? Okay. Number one, you are predestined to be justified. Romans 8 verse 30. You need to turn to Romans 8 verse 30. It says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called. Who, who is in charge of showing videos at the back there? Do you, do you have, can you play? Don't copy it. Don't copy it. Is it clear? Don't copy, don't save it. I'll, I'll keep it when, I'm, when it's time I'll give it. <laughs> right. You are predestined to be justified. Now, notice Romans 8 verse 30. Please, I want you to see, I'm teaching you the, the Bible. I'm not teaching you ideas. It's the Bible things we are teaching. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Go to verse 29. Go to verse, okay. 
For whom he did foreknow, God knew. He did also predestinate uh to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So you see, God knew about some people. Those people that he knew about, he destined them to, to be something. To be conformed to the image that they might be the firstborn among many brethren. Go down. Next one. And moreover, whoever he predestinated, then he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, then he also glorified. Hallelujah. So you are recognizing from the Bible, there's a lot of predestined things. And one of the things that you are predestined to be is to be justified. Who he, anybody he predestinated or he has set it, he has fixed something that this is going to be happen. You, one of the things is, is to be justified. Number two, he predestined you to be glorified. Are you there? Okay. Whom he did predestinate, them he also glorified. Amen. Are you there? So there's some glory that you are determined. It's determined on you. How many want that glory to come to pass? Amen. Amen. Now, let me tell you something that I skipped. The next one is that you are predestined To be conformed to Christ's character, power, and stature. Amen. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Amen. So you are, it is determined that you, you are known. He has determined that you should be like Christ. Amen. Like Christ. Christ's image. You should be kind. So a lot of the things you go through, they have to make you kind. <laughs> to make you nicer. Some of the things is to make you humble. Because we are born with so much pride. We have so much in us. It's true. A lot of the things we go through is to bring us down. 
I tell you. It's wild, though. <laughs> Your destiny is humility. Because Christ was very humble. The image of Christ. So, Charlie, there are some things. It's not going to be nice. But it's part of you. Part of your future. So when the time comes, don't be a pig. Be a lamb. Be ready to die like a lamb. Not like a pig. So you must, you, are, you have been determined. Determined. Yet has been destined. Your destiny is to be like Christ's character. So sometimes when God is taking us through certain things that will make us like Christ. You see us squealing. Screaming. Fighting, shouting, rejecting, resisting. But that's your destiny. Amen. So, the next one is what? Number four. You are predestined to be holy. Your destination, your destiny is holiness. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You are destined for holiness. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? See, you see a a person like you, your destiny and your predetermined plan of God for your life has to do with holiness. Yeah. That's your, that's your, you see, somebody said, today your destiny will be revealed and you are start thinking of cars houses your destiny tonight you will find your destiny by the supernatural powers of the lord receive it one and you are receiving a house a car but your you are destined your destination and your destiny predestiny said he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy this is this is this is what god is determined for us so things that he allows us to go through and the road that he's bringing, he brings us to the church, not to make us rich. The journey of a church is not to give you money. Has never been, will never be. It's not to give you a husband or a wife. Has never been, will never be. The destiny of God is to make you holy. His the plan for you is holiness. God has a great plan and that great plan involves holiness. Now, what do we mean by holiness? Let me just give you a little bit of, of on that. To be holy, how many realize that you, when you think of holiness, you basically think that not fornicating. Isn't it? That's the number one thing. It's like I will not commit fornication, then I'm holy. Isn't it? So what about when you don't feel like committing fornication? Maybe if you are a little older and the fornication is not one of the main problems of your life, does it mean you become holy? Uh-huh. Then what is it when the Bible says holy garments? These shall be who shall anoint them, and they shall be a holy garment, holy oil, holy incense. 
And the tabernacle shall be holy. It shall, it shall be a holy oil. The Sabbath is holy. It's a holy day. And so on. Is it that the Sabbath day is not going to fornicate? Or the holy oil is not going to commit fornication? So when you check the meaning of the word holy, the holy word means a special, something that is special in relation to God. That's what holiness is. Holy means special. So anytime you see the word holy, you can interchange it with the word special. So once this is a holy day, then it's special. There's a day has become special. For instance, the Bible says that if you go to a land, the first three years, you shall not eat of the fruits of the, of the land. Then the fourth year, it, all the fruits shall be holy. It shall be given to God for praise. In the fifth year, you shall eat. So how come the fruit was not holy in the first three years? The fourth year, it becomes holy. Then the fifth year, is not holy. You can eat it. It's like the fourth year's one is special, set aside. So God has a special plan for you to set you aside from other people, other human beings, other even Christians. When he has, he has predestined in Ephesians 1, put the verse there, it says that as God has chosen us before the foundation of the world, that you would be special to him. That he will use you for his work. That is why when you say you are a Levite, you are special to God. Because you are, you are, you are being used for something special, special work. And that's why God wants the Levites to be different. Because they, they are holy, the holy garments, the holy garments, they shall eat the, the goat, special goat, eat it. He was angry with them when they were not eating it. Well, no, no, they're not eating the offering. Why not? say, eat it. It's a holy, it's a holy goat that has been made for you specially. Special for pre, my, my priest. He gave them, he gave them garments. Eat, wear this, wear that. Do this holy, anoint it holy. The garment is holy, holy. Everything is holy. Everything is special, 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 special for priests. So a priest is so special to God. That's why when God calls people and they start, I mean, making all kinds of remarks about his calling, God is so amazed and offended. So my dear friend, God chose you and he, was, he had a plan to make you holy. Before the foundations of the world, it's not now that you are being called. I say that, Bishop, Bishop has come to call us. I'm calling you. Where do you see me that I'm calling you? If God has called you, he called you long time ago. So God has predestined that you should be holy. Number five, you are predestined to be blameless. Blameless. So God has a destiny for you where in that destiny you are without sin. You see, holiness as you can see is now different from blameless. Holy and blameless. Because you always think of the holiness as the sin. But holiness is to be special. So when God calls you and he was giving the people instruction, the Sabbath day is holy. It's a holy day. It means it's a day that is separate and special from all other days. So do different things on that day. Do you get it? So sometimes God wants us to be special. That's why he told the Levites. You are not going to eat this way. Everybody else will have land. You don't have land. I am the Lord. I am your portion. 
Yeah, I'm your portion. Yes, the Lord is your portion. So my dear friend, I'm just explaining to you that God has a... So pastors, you see, we must, we must, pastors must know the plan of God for the congregation. That God has planned not to make us rich or for us to have all the money in the world. He's not against it. But you see, the destiny of God is for the people to be holy, for they to be special to God without blame. And the next one is to be in His presence. His dest- your, dest- your destiny, God has planned for your destiny is to be in the presence of God. He says that you should be holy and blameless before Him. Before Him in love. Notice, before him, that means in his presence because you can be special to somebody. You see, you you can be special to me, but you are not special to this brother. What do you think? Yeah. You may be special to Wilma, but you are not special to me. You may be special to Samson, but you are not special. It depends. So you may be special to a pastor, but you are not even special to God. So you must be special to God. You must be holy and blameless before Him. He must find, and you may be blameless to some people, but God doesn't find you blameless. People may praise, oh, he was such a good, whatever, oh, he was a great brother, oh, he was somebody who did, oh, he this, oh, she's, but God doesn't find you like that at all. Yeah. So, sometimes when you go to funerals, you hear praises, 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 praises. But the important thing is what God says about you when he sees you. And that is always my prayer. Because as for people, they can say great things. Oh, you are this. Oh, this, that. Oh, that, that. Oh, this, this. But what about before him? What does he think? What does God think about you? Because you may get up and say, oh, I'm going to give so many dollars. But what are, And you people may be impressed. Oh, this is somebody who really... You know, really, 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 really loves the Lord. That the Lord will look at you and even, even now he'll get more angry with you and say that you know something. Because you have even deceived the people. My anger over you is now multiplied. Uh-huh. Because you have made the people think that you are something that actually you yourself know that is not the case at all. Because wealth is relative. Wealth is relative. Look, there was a time when I, do you know what is called Kelly Willy? Do you know what is called Kelly Willy? Well, for those of you who don't know what it is, it is plantain that is fried. And in Ghana, there are people that still stand by the roadside and sell it. Do you understand? They cut it into pieces, little pieces, and they fry it. Spicy, uh, spicy cubes of plantain. Ripe plantain. Spicy cubes. Spicy plantain cubes. (laughs) Fried cubes of plantain. Spicy, fried spicy cubes of plantain. Now, these spicy cubes were being sold by different women on the roadside. I became a specialist at finding, well, there were two types, 
those who count two, they count like two, 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 and then they put it in a paper and then they sell it to you. And there are those who don't count, they just put it like that. I didn't like the counting group at all. Because you don't get enough. But there was a type that they didn't count. They just sort of logo the whole thing and put it inside. And it was, it was because of financial reasons. Financial reasons and financial restrictions. Now, how much does it cost to have these spicy cubes of plantain? Less than a dollar. Less than a dollar. But there was a time in my life financially that that less than a dollar was, was not so easy to come by. Do you get it? Yes. Less than a dollar. There was a time I remember my wife and I before we got married we would go to a Chinese restaurant but I never went in. You said we would go to China but I never went. I stayed out. And I sent her to go and buy two portions of spring rolls. You know spring rolls? What do you call it in America? Spring rolls? No, they have other, they have other uh, egg rolls. Yeah. Is it the same thing? Similar? But it's not the same. The best Chinese food is found in Ghana. There's no Chinese food like the Chinese food in Ghana. I've had visitors from all over the world and they, they have all said it, yeah. They've, they've, they've declared Ghana to be the home of Chinese food. No, I'm serious. So, how much is a, a portion of spring rolls? Two, two. One dollar? Yeah. Okay. Now, two for my beloved and two for me. Now, I'll eat two of mine and eat one of hers. I always calculated that I would eat one of hers. And she would always say, oh, I should eat it. And I eat it. Yeah. Are you there? Now, all these are caused by financial restrictions. I'm serious. But my, my situation, you understand, has changed. So that I am able to afford a dollar of the spicy cubes without it causing much problems. I forgot even why I was even telling you all these stories. Huh? Yeah, yeah, wealth is relative. So you may have a dollar and you may give two dollars, but it's everything. But somebody may have thousands of dollars and he doesn't even know that it's missing. It's true. I mean, some of you now, if you were to lose $10, you wouldn't really notice it. But if you lose $20, you may not. If you lose $100, you may not. Maybe if you lose $1,000, then you may notice it. It's true. Am I, am I saying that? Am I telling the truth? Yeah. But for somebody, if you were to lose $20, you would just go to the whole house. Everything would become, I mean, a big thing. A big thing. 
and you see husband and wife quarreling over twenty dollars. So what I'm trying to I'm trying to say is that you've given, but then God is you have deceived people to think that you're giving a lot. But actually, you're giving very little. So God sees all these things. That's why you must do things before Him. Before Him, He's the one you must impress. Be blameless before Him, holy before Him. Everything is before Him. What does He think? What does He think? Even if nobody knows and nobody will ever know, what does He think? He is the one. He's the main person. He's the main person, I'm telling you. So, you need to really do that. Amen. Amen. So, you need to be blameless before him. The next one, you are predestined to be in his presence. Number six, you are predestined to... Seven. You are predestined to be adopted into a family you are predestined to be adopted into a family now just scroll down to verse 5 having predestinated us you see this word predestination is all over the bible how many are surprised that it's everywhere it's now popping up isn't it predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will Amen. You are destined us to be part of a family. Amen. So it's a very, very wonderful thing. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will. Amen. So you are destined, part of your destiny is the family. So, so you, you have to be careful when you are in the Lighthouse family. Because the Lighthouse family, the family of God you see, when you say I'm part of a family, even if you say you, you are from Ghana, or even Americans, they like, they come and ask you, so where are you from? You from where? Africa? Okay. Where, where do we work? Which country is from Ghana? So, okay. I know somebody in Uganda. Is it nearby? Is it near? So, well, Uganda is on the other side. They think it's the same place. But you see, within Africa, we have countries. And within the countries, too, we have groups tribes and within the tribes we have families so every large body of christ there's still a small there's there's pentecost days there's this that there's assemblies of that there's what and then this the lighthouse is just a small group is the family within the big family so you are destined and determined for a particular family it's, it's part of your destiny. And it's so important. Look, I was, I was telling, you see, some of you, you, you are pastors. But when you, when you cast your mind back to the olden days, some of the SU leaders, whom you knew, scripture union leaders and school Christian leaders, ask where they are. And somebody like you is a pastor. When in those days, you were not, I mean, you were not found around these these quarters pop chains you were uh, doing pop chain once isn't it but here you are so and you know very well that if you had not been in lighthouse you wouldn't have been because every church teaches things differently and some of you would have been criticizing criticizing pastors all the time if you were not in this church you talk differently 
you talk in a very rude way all the time you speak nastily at the back there but in the church as you are around you realize that certain way of talking we don't have that way of talking here we don't want it we don't accept it yeah in this family we don't talk that there, there are families you know i watched one film i don't know what word do you use when you pass gas out of what 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 english word do you use here fat forgive okay <laughs> fat yeah yeah i mean i just want to know what is the word you, you have here. we have so many words we have so many words for that thing <laughs> i just want the local terminology here there are people whom that thing is normal i knew one family they stayed at a, in an area called east cantonments in, in ghana and if you visit them you will be sitting there the father is here there were white people were sitting here the father is here the mother is here the family the children and all over the place i mean and no listen i'm not joking <laughs> i am not joking and in their culture it was normal it was normal so i remember one time my sister went there and they were there then suddenly to the left popo <laughs> to the right <laughs> to the other side the parents the, the mother the sisters she, she she was trying to control herself <laughs> But it was normal. So depending on the family you are from, certain things will be normal. And this family, there are certain things that are normal here. You you will learn it normal. Like if it's normal that you may even become a pastor, it doesn't look so far-fetched. Because you realize that, oh, as you are at a camp, you can easily be a shepherd. As you, we don't criticize pastors. If you criticize pastors, no, you die. You don't want such things, you don't want to die. So you don't criticize pastors. Yes, loyalty. Do you understand? Yeah. We write exam. There are things that are part of the family way of doing things. Popo, popo, popo. That is what we have. And then you flow. It's not unusual. Others may come and find it strange. Yeah. But that is the culture of the family. So the family that God puts you in is a very important thing. And you are predestinated to the adoption of children. To become adopted to a family. And all large families, there's always a nuclear family within the big family. So you don't joke with it. You see, you have to learn it. It's just something you walk away from. Just because you are irritated. You have to grow up. You have to grow up at your age. I say at your age. At your age. Don't just walk away from families. So I'm going somewhere. Where are you going? At your age. There are some things you have to know. 
at a certain point we don't just get up and walk away because at a certain age you realize that your family is important my family is important my family is important to me my family has helped me you will find out that your family is important my family has helped me my 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 biological family has helped me yeah and and but when you are young you may think oh my man you are even annoyed with your brother you are fight quieting with your sister your mother is irritating you your father there is a fool this is how you think but as you grow up you realize that no my mother is very important my father is also important my sister is important my brother because it may reach a point only your brother will help you only your, your sister will help you but when you are young you just say oh that guy is a stupid uh, whatever oh my father he doesn't care for us oh my mother she's uh, like this and that she's following her boyfriend no and later on as you grow you realize that the family also is important and that is something that also happens spiritually. Initially, so I'm not in lighthouse. I'll just go to house light. I, I don't have a house light. I'll just go to angel delight. I don't like angel light. I'll just go here. You just keep on the old. If it's not Bishop Doug, I'll just go to this other uh, pastor here. Oh, there are a lot of good churches. This is how your mind works. But as you grow, you realize that look, the family that God has put me in is very, very, very important. It's not something you just wake up and then manifest. In irritation, yeah. So, I, I'm, 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 I'm telling you, you need to really grow up and understand the significance and the importance of the families that God puts you in. It's very, very important. Little Caroline, she was much smaller than this some years ago, in medical school didn't join the just recently so whatever it is that's your family spiritually there's a family you don't just fly away you can't just fly away from your name so i'm no more caroline what do you want then what are you what the, what what is your name you can't just change your name like that you understand yeah so but you see older people that's why changing of churches is not Older people rarely change churches. They will tell you, at my age, where am I going? We had a pastor once in a certain country, and uh, there were some other pastors that were becoming rebellious. So they wanted to write, they wrote a letter to me. Uh, about four of them. They came together like Korah, Korah, the sons of Korah. So they wrote a letter to me saying that the tires of their car when they go to church, their carburetor, their, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, the gas they use and so on, they want refund. And all kinds of things. So, and they wanted a percentage of the offerings. after all expenses they want also you should pay all expenses and then they want a percentage so they came to see this other pastor and then they told this pastor then the pastor looked at them and said at my age I cannot sign this but this pastor they didn't know that he was about to die he died a few weeks later if he had signed that thing do you see if he had signed that thing 
you know, uh, it would have been very sad. Because he has been somebody that has worked with me. Don't worry, don't worry, I, I've seen it. He has worked with me for a long time. He has been in the church. In fact, his funeral, I flew, I flew there. I mean, I, I'm not a funeral person. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a traditional. I don't, if it's not necessary, I will not go. But I, I flew there. Because he helped me. And I remembered him. And I honored him. You know. And he said something. He said before he died, he said, I know when I die, Lighthouse will bury me. And we did. But I'm just saying something that, you see, it's at a certain age that you realize that, look, at my age, there are certain things I don't do. The Bible says, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that bullet to me. It's the foolishness in the youthfulness that makes us come up with certain ideas. Give me the portion. There was an older one that was a young, but it was a younger boy. He said, give me the, the portion of good that bullet to me. Yeah. And that's why the Bible says, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. But the rod will drive us. But so most of us, the rod of correction of life has whipped us and you see that we have become cool. I'm in the church, Pastor. Don't worry. I'm there forever. <laughs> At my age, where am I going to? Yes. So what I'm trying to say to you is that God has determined your belonging to a particular family. And that's how I see it. Relationship, you must see them in terms of permanent, everlasting relationship. Rejoiner's book of the church and the sword. He said that all relationships which are started in earth are continued in heaven. Wow. Yeah. All relationships that are here are continued. So when you go to heaven, you find that your relationship continues. It's the marriage part, like sex and those things. They are not. Look, there was a, a book that I read. And there was this guy who died. He said that when he died, he came out of his body. And he was, went up far. He was going. Then he looked down onto himself. And his whole body was glass. And he said that he was surprised. All his organs had famished. They were all flat. Everything was flat. Hey, no gen- genital. What are you talking about? All those things are gone. <laughs> Asexual, it's nothing like that. They're not going to have sex over there. <laughs> if you want to have sex, do it now. This is your chance. <laughs> it's, oh yeah, I've not told you that story before. No. Huh? No, he looked, he looked, he said he was there, he was standing in the glorified body, he looked glass. Where is it? All his organs internally he could see and everything was clear, just like flat. flat. <laughs> hey! And those of you who are not married, get married quickly so that you do whatever you have to do just over there. <laughs> we will continue the relationship, but not in that way.
Are you there? Number seven. Number eight. You are predestined to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And he said, unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to others in parables. That seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Amen. Amen. Turn to Luke chapter 8. Verse 10. Luke 8, not 18. The verse before. Nine. Okay. Now, Jesus was explaining to his disciples that it was it has been decided that they should know the mysteries of God. Amen. So God has blessed you and favored you and I to know certain mysteries. Now, if you are at this predestination camp, it has been decided that you should know certain mysteries which other people do not know. And it's a blessing for you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Number nine. You are predestined to inherit the kingdom. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 25. Amen. Are you there? Come and inherit the kingdom of God prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 25 verse 34. When you read it, you see. Come and inherit a kingdom. This kingdom has been prepared for you long ago. Either the Bible is true or it's all a big hoax. But if it's true, there is nothing that is happening that has been left to even the smallest, minutest chance. Now, the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost is a powerful kingdom that God has given for us. This is, this is the, the will of God. This is the plan of God for your life. Amen. Amen. Why you are here. Amen. Amen. You are destined to inherit the kingdom. 
Now, the last number 10 is that you have been chosen by God and predestined hmm, to go forth and to bear much fruit, to bear fruit. That's the last one. John 15 verse 16. You have not chosen you. Me. I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bear, bring forth fruit. That your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Are you understanding the destination? Yeah. I've chosen you. You didn't choose, you didn't choose me. I chose you. You see, God is showing you that it's not, it's not something you are doing. It's something He is doing. Yeah. It's not something you are doing. It's something He is doing. You are not, he is the one working. You are not doing anything. He is choosing you, Gilly. He is choosing you. You are not choosing Him. You, you, never, you never chose God. God chose you. You see, all I am teaching you and I'm saying is so that you respect these things. But when you respect them, you, you start to fear the things. I tell you. You start to respect things that are there that you take for granted. And you realize. You see, in death, you can see that this, there's nothing accidental. In life, you will learn to respect the things that are around you that either you can't move or sometimes you feel like moving. Uh, On the 22nd of December, you know, I was just outside my house somewhere. I just went to the Healing Jesus office. I went to see something on the tracks and I I came back. And I tell you, I, just, I was just coming home. I was about a kilometer from the house. And I got to a traffic light. Then I looked behind me in my mirror. Then I saw a tipper truck. A big type of tipper truck. This new type. Big, brand new. Huge. And I looked behind my mirror. I just looking at her. And I saw that a truck was coming towards me. Then I said to myself, the speed at which this guy is coming. Maybe he can't stop. But I was stuck in my lane. Here was the middle of the road, the curb, the island. And here was the car coming. Truck was coming. And here's cars, cars, cars in front, cars. I have nowhere to go. And here was the truck coming. And then I was right. Not knowing that. He was going too fast. And he couldn't stop. So just, he was coming to climb over. You see, I have preached about it before. I said that somebody is just in, by his house at the traffic light. The car came to drive over them and killed all of them. And here it was coming. It was happening to me live in the afternoon. I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't traveled. I haven't done anything dangerous. 
and then suddenly the tipper tribe decided that instead of coming to climb over me they decided to go into the middle to the other side and there was a man walking somebody has crossed the road from here to here and then you stand in the middle then you cross to the other side the man was there he just drove over the man and went and collided with a car on the other side and somersaulted avoiding me and just came to fall and all the sound of the truck came on me yes yeah, somersault like this right by my side and I turned over right I was just sitting in the car hey! and I was there I was looking at it right before my eyes and I just Move everybody was looking at us. Everybody was looking. somebody was behind me. The person sent me a text. I mean, somebody who works for, for the church, but it happened that he was coming from there as well. And he saw it. He sent me a text. He said, Bishop, you have just escaped a fatal. Congratulations. He said, Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, was, I, was, I was on the phone. I started to shake. Hey! Because I saw it live like this. I was just going. Yeah. And then, the car, I look and I saw the man like this. The truck just came over the man. Some assorted. So you see, you, 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 you look and you realize that, well, at least I was not supposed to die on that particular day. It was a Tuesday also. Yeah. So, um, about four weeks, three, four weeks later, I was in my office when a policeman came to the office. I didn't know. I said it was the commander of something who was there. So he wanted to greet me. So fine. So he's a commander of such and such. So I see. So he's in the church. So I said, oh, I'm, I remember I've been coming. Then he said, well, I'm a commander of the area where that accident happened. But he didn't even occur to me. Then suddenly I said, ah, there was an accident. A tipper truck. So it was crazy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember that accident. So I said, did you take any pictures? So I, st- I asked him, I said, did anybody die? Did anybody die? Because I saw it with my two eyes. He said, nobody died. <laughs> then I said, are you sure? So nobody died. There was no death, nothing. Then I said, look, I saw with my eyes the tipper truck pass over. He said, is it true? He said there was an old man. The man said that the truck drove over him. But nobody believes him. Nobody believed the man. Nobody believed the man. The truck drove over him and came out, but nobody believed the, the man. Nobody believed the man. He's, and I told her, I said, look, I saw it, but you see, what happened was that when the car went over him, and I looked back to see his bodies, and I saw somebody 
get getting that from the with the type of a smile on the face, like the type of <laughs> so but I, I knew that it was not the man. Because I also I mean I saw it, I saw the car, I saw him, I saw the truck going over him like that. Hmm. Not that somebody told me. It was determined. Hmm. So what, what I'm trying to say is that there are a lot of things that are determined. And there are things that, you know, is, is destiny. And there's a lot of details in how things are and how things are going to be. It helps you to accept his will when it's difficult. And it helps you to pursue him and pursue his will for you. Knowing that anyway, nothing else can happen apart from what he wants. And nothing else is worth living for. Now, it is very, very important for you to understand these things because without knowing predestination and following the things you have been predestined for, the big question which we want to ask ourselves, then why are you here? I will not stand. Do you know when you are going to die? Stand, stand. Do you know how long it's going to be? No, I don't. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. Mina, do you know Stan? You don't know. But we all know we can give a range. You'll be gone. And the whole row will be gone. And all of us will be gone. Can I not give a range? Stan, you know when? You don't know? Hey! But you're going to go. Why are you going to go? So what are you doing now? So what is the use of everything that you are doing? I mean, what is the use of the things you are doing? Huh? Everything you will leave, you will stop. And you don't, you don't know the dates. Do you have any dates? You don't know the dates too? It's like somebody who is traveling, you don't know the date you are traveling. How can you travel without knowing the date? Stand, stand. You know, you don't know when. You stand, you know. You don't know. You don't even know the range. No idea of the range. You've not given yourself up to 70. 80. Wow. So then what's your aim? Why are you here? Why are you here? What are you doing? Why have you been, what have you been brought here to do? Are you a chicken? Are you a pig? Are you a goat? Are you a dog? Pastor, stand. Do you know the day? The range? No idea. Hey. So what are you doing? What is your aim here? What are your achievements? What are you, what are you, what are you making? What is the next thing? So for how long? So is it worth carrying on? Huh? You know whether you ever attend your children's weddings.
Have you, you haven't thought about it? Will you attend your child's wedding? So what is the use of having the children? You may not want to think about all these things, but I'm telling you that it makes nonsense of everything. That death cancels out everything that we do. So, then we have to ask ourselves the question, why did he make us? And why, you see, why did he bring us? Why did he bring us here? And what are we doing here? Any other human workout is going to end up in a big bang. It's all going to become nothing. (laughs) And you are going to be forced to accept Solomon's verdict. All is useless. Everything I came here to do is useless. True. Do you get it? Because I told you I'm not going to tell you lies. Not that I've been lying to you, but I'm not going to tell you lies. True. Because Solomon had everything that you, you are trying to have. He had it times thousand. He achieved it. He had any dream you have on earth. He had it. And he came to the conclusion that Charlie, the whole thing is useless. Do you get it? So then the question is, why did God create you? Why did he bring you into this? Or what is his purpose? I mean, why were you brought here? 26 years, you are dead. Why? Why, why is somebody dead at the age of 26? Why is somebody dead at the age of 40? Why is somebody dead at the age of 45? 50. Why? Why have you why 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 are some late 90 and 80? And haven't you noticed that as your life is going on, it's not that like it's getting better. Or that you are adding more things to the things that is become the, the, the thing is being achieved. It's becoming more complex, isn't it? Yeah. So then we have to now find out what God made us for. Amen. Amen. And we have to live according to what God made us for. The reason why he made us to come and exist shortly and then be turned into dust. My father's grave, if I go by it now, anytime I drive by, I think about it. Even where Major is buried. Every time I drive by, I always look there. A couple of times I've been by. And since we buried him there, the whole place is full. That place, only, there was only one. Yes. Yeah, the next day. And now it's about six other places. So why have you been brought Kojo to come and exist for a while? And Go. Eat, drink, have sex. One, two, three. Eat, sleep, drink, have sex. Are you an animal? Are you an animal? I don't understand what I'm asking. Can't eat, 
drink, have sex, run here, go here, eat, drink, have sex. I mean, you watch leopards, watch lions. Because a lion lives for about 10 years in the wild. And when they are are living in the zoo, they live for more than 20, 20 years and so on. That's one of the reasons why people believe that sleeping adds a lot of length to your life. They use the animals live longer in the zoo because they don't walk around they rest more in the zoo. They live longer. So if you want to live long, sleep in the afternoon every day. <laughs> Siesta. <laughs> it's true. Polar bears, all of them, they all live longer in the zoo. Average. So you came to a well. Eat, drink, sleep, have sex. Eat, drink, sleep, have sex. Eat, drink, sleep. Are you a lion? Are you a leopard? Are you a monkey? I mean, what's the difference between you and all these other animals? I tell you, running around, running around, running around. I mean, and I tell you, when you watch the animals, there are some similarities which are too disturbing. <laughs> yeah. It's too disturbing. Hey. I mean, when the lions are having sex, to jump on the water, but then the, 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 the lady will just be quietly waiting there. And then, one, two, three, four. You see that? It, it, it will roar. And, and you would think that <laughs> the, the male lion wants to bite the no, but it's it is it's breathing out. <laughs> it's breathing out. The monkey, the chimpanzee, the baboon, the leopard, the polar bear. I mean, what is the difference? You've come here to roam around, catch whatever. And if you, if you study baboons and these chimpanzees and so on, they eat. They chase other little creatures and they bite them off and eat them like chicken. Yeah, they eat like chicken. You see, they, and then they eat fruits. And they are just there. Sometimes they swim in the water. They climb trees up, down. I mean, it just have sex. They follow, they follow one. You see one chimpanzee following another female. Then the male is chasing the other one. I mean, it's just, they have children. You should ask yourself, so are you an animal? So you, you've come. How many years? What? Eat, drink, have sex. Whatever. Eat, come. Hey! 
so the question is so you and the monkey you and the lion you and the chimpanzee you and the chicken you and the lizard what is the difference you've come to perform huh? yeah why why are you here why are we here that's what this camp is supposed to answer that's why we are trying to find the answers. Uh, because there must be more to it than, I mean, can, well, because you can see. And when I look at some of you, you look tired. No, I cannot lie to you. You look tired. I mean, I see a certain worried. I don't know whether it's also a lack of sunshine. <laughs> A lack of roaring. Or you have developed glass bodies on earth. So that is the big question. Jokumi, do you understand? You have to really think. You know, because you have to think, I'm, I'm going to die soon. I'm okay, let's if you like think about it, I'm going to die soon. So then so then why are you here? Only to die so soon. What are you doing here? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you die, I mean, and <laughs> that's how it is. You die, somebody's going to marry your wife. Somebody's going to marry your husband. So, and then, it's like, then it means that, oh, darling, I'll marry you, we'll live happily ever after. It's not true. It means it's not true at all. It means you are not when when you you say to someone, "I love you," you are the only whatever. It's not. It means that it's all not true. Yeah, you are the only this. I mean, there's nothing like that. Because the whole life can be scrambled, and most of the time, you are not going to die on the same day. Very few people, husbands and wife, die on the same day. It's very unusual for husband and wife to die on the same. When Panam that Panam that was bombed, they gave the statistics of fathers that died mothers that died and then fathers and mothers together that died and there were few compared with the single the fathers then the mothers and so on so this number of people lost a father this number of people lost a mother this number of people lost both father and mother it was not like the list of those who lost only a father only a mother it's not so common to die together on the same day so then why are you here and you find out that when people die and the, sometimes the wife, a woman dies, and now the husband is going to marry again. It disturbs. A lot of ladies are disturbed by that thing. Is it not true, ladies? Ladies, is it not true? Raise your hand if it's, if, if it's true. Raise your hand if you, if you notice that it, 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 disturb, it even disturbs the thought of it, the thought of it. And you realize that, ah, within a few weeks or months, the person is now thinking of somebody else. Let me tell you something. It will not even be a few weeks. When you die, on the very day that you die, the day that you die. <laughs> on the day that you die. It occurs to them. They may not say it. But it has occurred. And do you know why it's so distressed? It's like, do you know why? Do you know why it's so disturbing to you or to all of us? 
is because it's like everything is nothing. You are not anything special. You are just set aside. Another person comes. I mean, it's like your, your father, you were married. I mean, you are nothing. It's like Charlie off. Another person is coming. True. Next. Have I told you that story? Next. And then another person comes. I mean, it's, it's like you have been made into nothing. Yeah, you've groomed the person, bought curtains, done this, everything, another person. You know, at the Kodesh now, the last Sunday I was there, then Bishop Saki came with his new wife. And we were, we were looking at it. Hey, the same chair that another person sat on, another person has come to replace. And what will you do? What can you do? He said, You will not die, you will die. You will die. You will die. You see, it's proving how not, I mean, you are nothing. But you see, it's so distressing. Hey, very distressing. Especially for the ladies who, who say that, you know, ah. And then the ladies say, oh, me, my mother, I will not marry again. It's not that you will not marry again, but you may not get somebody to marry. <laughs> That's also a reality. <laughs> you don't want me to say it. I'll say it. people can sit down. It's not that you don't want to ask me. I'll ask me. I'll never marry. You may not easily get. Of course, you may, but you may not so easily. Let's be honest. But you just, you just see them. It's like, Another person is coming. There's that. So you are. Because all the things he told you, darling, I love you, baby. <laughs> Better be with you forever. <laughs> oh, my dog. <laughs> they are going to tell another person those same words. They're going to tell another person. Another person is going to be told those same words. You are joking. And you see, for a husband, a good husband, it's also difficult. People think that way. Many people, they look at us, they see us as animals. Uh, we, we are sorry. We are sorry. Forgive us. But it's not also easy for the man. Bishop Zaki struggled a lot to accept that thing. You know? Yeah. Not easy. But you see, everything looks useless. Everything looks useless. When Mrs. Zaki died, I made a big uh, 
picture of her. I had a nice picture of her. And I made a big picture, a big frame. And I brought it to my office. I was going to put it right in my, my, own, my little private office there. So I put it. When they brought the picture, and I saw it, I was afraid. And all of us were afraid. <laughs> because you see, it is such a message. It's like, you see, it's, you see, <laughs> I'm telling you, I made and I, I made them make two very expensive frame glass, everything beautiful. When they brought the picture, I mean, we were afraid of the picture. It was like she was alive because I'm a lay photographer, so I know uh, photographs. I mean, a lay, I'm a lay photographer. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was telling you about my cows. They have been very important. uh, Listen, one day, one of my um, children in the church, daughters, was getting married. She was getting married actually again, the same marriage, but again. So I I I suddenly said, I just said, Oh, what do you need? Then I said, oh, as a father, I have to show my powers that I'm a father. So I said to her, I called her, I said, I'll give you a cow. <laughs> I'll give you a cow for your wedding. <laughs> that's, how, that's how come the number, you see. It's, not so it's all part of the, the numbers that I've not been able to go beyond a certain point. So I said, I said, I'll give her a cow. So I told, I said, Prince, kill that cow. Bring, you know, my daughter, I've given it to her. Do you know what they did? The people took the cow. Eh? Here are the eight cows and took one of them. And they killed it in front of the other cows. So the other cows were looking at it. Hey! And the cow was slaughtered in front of them. Afterward, the cows became very cool. They were just quiet. They were just quiet because you see your own, your, your own kind. Is this the future? Is this the future? Oh. And that was how it was when I saw Mrs. Saki's picture. But we were together. It's not that she was. When I say to get together, she's, we, I am with her. We are here, we are here, we are here. We are going here, we are going here, we are going here. We are doing this, we are doing it all the time. So it's frightening. And you, but you see, the shock and the fear is not about death. It's about the reality of how nothing, everything is just headed to nothing. So, that's been the question. so what is it all about? It's all about something else. This life is not about anything on this earth. Look, have you, have you people, you, the work that I do, it makes me see a lot of things. One day I was at the mortuary, and then somebody that I knew, the person was at the back of the car. So now as they were pulling the person with the legs out of the car, 
the back door. I said, and there were some people that they just buried. Your conversion into nothingness is too much. So the Bible is true, but the trueness is beyond. I mean, it's beyond. It's too true. And at each and every funeral, only the things that are eternal have any value. That's how it is. You see, and so this is futility is multiplied and magnified. When we don't find that the reason why the thing was made, why you are here, why you are here in, in, in America, and what you are doing here, and what you are doing in this, until you find it. And that is why usually at the funeral, it's only eternal things that sort of are mentioned. Okay, he did this, he did this, he did this, he did this, he did this. But everything on, on earth, it sort of becomes, you know, if you like that and see, we come and write your tribute. It's the church that will write. Church, you, you was a pastor here, you did this here, you did that, you did this, you did this. You did. I mean, when Major died, I mean, it's all marriage counseling, he was doing this for us, did this. Those are the main things. I don't know how much money he earned. Whatever he earned, didn't read that. It's not even mentioned. It doesn't add, it's not part of the good things that you did. The cars you drove, the houses you had, eh, all those things. Each and every funeral I've noticed. Always, all the physical things are left. This is just the things that the person did for God, in God, in the house of God, and so on. Yeah, he drove here, he did this, he did that, he did... It's all turned into nothing. But all our lives are actually geared towards all the things that are nothing. So when we see a person who is great turned into... Why, why do you think... Huh? Why do you think the death of Princess Diana evokes such emotion? Why? Because Princess Diana embodies and magnifies the fallacies which we all have. A fallacy is something that a lot of people believe is true, but it's not true. When you grow up, the prince will marry you. The prince will fall in love with you. He will take you to the castle. You will live happily ever after. You have the most beautiful wedding. You will live forever in happiness he will always be in love with you you travel everywhere you do this you do that all you, your beauty will make you happy a nice husband nice this uh, all these are the things we believe about life and all came crashing down in the body of one person michael jackson also was a bit like that that's why the sadness is deep and all of, me i was very sad when princess diana died because i'm part of the fallacies I also believe all the fallacies. Because I'm a human being. The person embodies the fallacies. When Michael Jackson died, I was also glued to my television, watching. What are they doing now? What is this? What are they doing? I, what, my children, all oh, we were watching these guys singing the songs. All the songs were played in my house over and over and over and over. It's true. Because the people embody a black man from whatever he comes whatever he sings a song billy jean she's not my girl whatever all the song i mean thriller there's that whatever huh? moonwalk whatever i mean it's so whatever everything on this earth then and you people who are not doctors you don't know and say oh, they've done a postmortem then they've done another postmortem you don't know what it means if you see if you know what it is 
You would not like them to do it to anybody that you like. Even though he's dead. So, it's just everything is nothing. So they ask, so why did we, what, what, what? what? Okay, so what, then the other question, what better thing is there to do? What, what should we use our lives for? Do you get it? Or, or, or another way to ask, so what had God planned? Uh-huh. What had he planned when he was making me? What, what had he planned for BDR when he was making BDR? That is why the greatest case is that if BDR has been created for some work, and she's prevented from that work. That's the highest case and the highest in Yazoo that can happen to a person. It's not whether she can get money. But if that work, she's prevented from doing it. Ah, that's where the case is big. Frustration is wild. I tell you. Because you ask yourself, why? So, what the, so okay, so then what, what was his aim when he made you? Since all these other things are amounting to nothing, what was the aim when he made you? What was, what, was he, what was he intending for you to do for this while? That's what, that's what we need to find out. And that is when you find it. I wonder whether I, I should bother to tell you. Yeah, I wonder whether I should bother to tell you. Because, because, I don't know whether if I tell you, you will even do it. Yeah, that is it. I mean, if I show you what you are destined to do. I don't know if you will even do it. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I remember if I show you why he made you. Why, why, why he made you. Oh, God, man. I'll show you from the Bible. We all take the Bible. We look at it. Why he made you. Well, I show you. Will you do it? Are you sure you'll do it? (laughs) Huh? When I show you, this is what you're supposed to do. Will you really do it? We say, oh yeah, Bishop, I see what you say. It's a nice thing that you've read. But you don't say you don't. That's all. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, then, and, then, and then we just put it aside. I was born to serve him. And I'm glad that I'm serving him. And I pray that as we continue to go through the things the fallacies that are deeply embodied in us will be removed. And then we will now find why we are, we are here. So that you live for that reason. And just to start changing your whole life to follow that path. I want to believe God that your life is going to change. You see, your life, not that I believe in God, your life has to change from the, when you find out that, ah, this is not why I was made. This is not why I was made. See, one of our pastors, he doesn't like it when we say this. It's one of, we have one of our pastors. He doesn't like this. One day, somebody sent him a beautiful pair of pajamas. Beautiful. Long sleeves. Same color down, same up. Yeah. On Sunday, he wore these pajamas. No, no, no. You you see? (laughs) Listen. 
to what I said. He doesn't like this story, but I have to say it. He wore the pajamas to church with his shoes and socks and everything as a suit. It's like political suit upstairs and downstairs. Oh! When it's a joke, when it's a joke, I will tell you that this is a joke. And he came to church. I <laughs> see, he didn't know. But a lot of us, when we sleeping now, we don't wear pajamas. How many realize that you don't wear pajamas when you are sleeping? Yana boys. What do you wear when you are sleeping? <laughs> So he wore it and he came. But that is not uh, what it was made for. It was made for sleeping. So when you are when your life is made for something and you are using it for another thing, you are so awkward. You are so funny. When angels see you say, Oh, His whole life is different from how it was supposed to be. Totally. Another time, somebody sent me a pair of golf shoes with metal spikes under. Metal spikes. Now, the person didn't write my name or something got mixed up. It was my, my shoes. They, are my, they were my shoes. So when the person got it, the person thought that he has received a new pair of shoes. So on Sunday, look, I'm explaining something to you. When it is a joke, I'll tell you this one is a joke, this one is not true, this one is not true. I'm telling you, all these people are. So on Sunday, he wore his best clothes and then he put on the gospel with the spikes and then he came to church now when he got to the bookshop area he started to slide like that but he didn't know he didn't know so he was thinking that maybe this is this is I mean the, the way these are how these new current American shoes are. These are American shoes. The latest, the latest shoes from America. Hey, how funny we look when we are doing things with a, the wrong thing with your your life or whatever has been given. You are doing the wrong. Many of us are doing the wrong thing. God has given you 20 years. You have taken it to do a different thing altogether. I tell you, I mean, you have taken a different, you are using it for a different thing, totally different from what he has, it is for. What it was destined for and why it was made. You've taken it for a different purpose. 
and he was he was thinking that he has to learn a way of walking metal spikes under your spikes under so that he was now suspended up the ground as if there were eggs inside his pants So you see, God has given you 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. You take the years and apply it somewhere. You take the time and you apply it to a different life, different agenda from the agenda that the reason why he made you. And you use your intelligence for banking rather than using your intelligence for what he intended you, you to use it for. Yeah. It's, 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 and, it, and, it, and actually the most gifted people never work for God that's what I've seen the most gifted people they never work for God and one of the reasons why the most gifted people never work for God is because they feel that they are too good too intelligent and too clever for, 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 for something like you look at the pajamas and say, it's too nice to wear at home <laughs> Do you get it? But there are some nighties like that. There are some nighties people. I've seen people wearing nighties. They wear the nighty for a wedding. You see the person say, but this one is a nighty. It's a nighty. I've seen it with my eyes before. I asked my wife, I said, is this thing not a nighty? How many have seen one before? Yeah. Or you have worn one before? Somebody send you a night and you say, Ah, why did they send this? You have sent me a dress. And you deploy the nighty and say that it's too nice for the room. I have to take it out there. And when you see the type of brains God has given you, the type of nice face God has given you, the type of intelligence, you take that intelligence and apply it so that it is too nice for this hidden work of a priest, a pastor. You take it and apply it and deploy it at another place. tell you it's true it's made for something used for another thing yeah made for something you you can describe the life of perhaps 90% of Christians as made for this but used for that it's true made for this used for that made for five people you see, our healing Jesus, I'm going to show you a, a couple of. They are just short. Something short. Do not waste your time at all. Buses that were made for 18 people. You will see about 50 people in that bus. 50. Bus that was made for 30. 100 people are in the bus. Physically, you see all the buses has come down. And you, how can the bus last? So how can you live long when God gave you some years and said, apply it here. And I've applied it somewhere. Recently, I, I went somewhere to pray. I'm going to show you 
Do you have a film that can play? Do you have your video? Can play? Yeah. Recently, I, I went somewhere to pray. Wait on God. Then I, I started reading a book by Kenneth Hagin. In that book, it's called, the book is called I Believe in Visions. I've read it before, but I always like reading things I've read before. The best books to read are the books you've read before. The book you've read before is better to read than the book you've not read before. So I started to read and I got to a place where I talk about the hospital visitor. When the Lord appeared to him, he had broken his hand and he was in the hospital. When the Lord appeared to him, the Lord told him, look, you, you, should, you, should, you should rather be glad that I have allowed this thing to arrest your attention. Then he went on, listen, listen to this part. Listen, this is the part you must not, listen, including those who are filling forms at the back. He said, if I had not arrested your attention, you would never have lived beyond the age of 55. Go and read it in the book. He gave him an age. He said, you would not have lived beyond the 55. He said, because the gift that I gave you and the calling that I gave you, you are using, you are doing uh, what, something else. And I said, my real calling that I've given you is a prophet. But you like teaching, so you are doing teaching. He said, you would not have lived beyond the age of 55. In fact, when I was shocked, he gave him, he gave him the age, 55. When you, somebody sent me a text, happy, uh, he told me, today's my birthday. Then I, um, I replied, I said, oh, happy birthday. And he asked me, do I have any message? I sent him the word number 55. Then he said, what, what is the meaning? I said, shoot. And I gave him the book. He said, we should search for that number in the book. He went to search. He went to search and then he saw it. He said, mercy. He said, you wouldn't have lived beyond the age of you. Look, our life on this earth depends on following, or the longevity of the bus depends on it being used for what it was made to use for. The bus will be used because it's for 18 people. I use it for 60 people. It's not for that. And its life will be shorter. So your living on this that depends on you finding your predestinated intention, the purpose for which God in, made you and brought you and gave you the intelligence and whatever he gave you. And better apply it. It's not about what you say, oh, my father said I, I studied this, I did this. And so what? And so what? You studied that and so what? Don't use that as an excuse, please. Give me a break. I went to preach at the Presbyterian Pastors Conference this year. All the Presbyterian pastors in Ghana. And after they were interviewing me, they said, after the government has spent a lot of money on you to educate you, is it right that you've taken you know, yourself to go and do it? And I said, oh, when you have a higher calling than whatever you are educated in, you always leave it. I said, for example, President Rollins, he, he was a trained as a pilot, but he left it to become a president. And uh, I can mention five doctors in Ghana who left the calling of medicine, starting with Dr. Mahama, the head of uh, uh, one of the parties, PNC, Dr. Adokufo, who was a minister of defense. He has a clinic. Dr. Um, Atta Kennedy, who was living in America. Living in America, I don't know where. Connecticut, South Carolina, earning thousands of dollars. He left it to come and do uh, politics. 
in Ghana. They did primaries. He had only one vote. Everybody had a lot of thousands. Somebody had thousands. Somebody had vote single one like this. But he left America. Professor Akosa, pathologist, MRCP, pathology. He left it, went into the politics, fought Professor Frimpompa, the first cardiothoracic surgeon. He left operating on hearts, open hearted before politics. I said, when I see also a higher calling, I have no reservation at all. And to throw it somewhere and follow the real calling that has come into my life. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, my dear friend, I don't know what you were created for. But as we are going through the camp, I can tell you, if they have been giving you 20 years and you deploy it at a foolish area, or you don't deploy it where you are supposed to deploy it, I mean, you have to think carefully whether it's going to be well with you. All those buses, the small ones, we have removed them from the fleet because the people crowded them too much and all the accidents we've had came from those ones. The wrong use. The wrong use of your years and your life. Amen. Amen. All right. Lift your hand up and just pray. In fact, stand up and pray. Don't go out. Don't go out to wee wee. Don't go out to do anything, please. I'm going to about to give you a break, please. Lift your hand and ask God that you should be found in His will. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Lay hands on your heart and just pray for yourself that you will, you will be found doing whatever you were created for. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, Amen. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.